are now tuned into the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. This is episode 48 of the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. My name is James Bodden, and today's guest for episode 48 is co-founder and CEO of the sales developers, Ryan Reiser. Ryan and I had an absolute blast in this conversation. We laughed. We talked about how he got into sales. We talked about how the way he grew up and his mentality growing up transferred over into being very helpful in sales. And then he kind of takes us on his journey through his career. He Ryan's done a lot of different things. And over the years, has really become a proponent for the sales profession as a whole, done amazing things to help push it forward, and affected tons of sales professionals. I will be upfront here. I had such a good time on this podcast that I forgot to ask Ryan for a sales tip. Messed up on my part, but instead of a sales tip, if you can't listen to the whole thing right now, I at least want you to get a taste of how much fun we had and how we got pumped up before I hit record technically. So take a listen to how we got fired up for this episode. It's ridiculous. This is going to be good. Wait for it. Do you know what's coming? No. Hold on. So again, just an absolute awesome conversation with somebody who loves sales, has been in sales, has lots of experience in sales and, and wants to help other salespeople get better. A great combination for a great podcast episode. So without any further ado, here is episode 48 of the Lunch Break Podcast. Take a listen. All right. Episode 48 of the Lunch Break Podcast. My guest today is Ryan Reisert. He is co-founder, student of sales, in quotes, the sales developers. He is the author of one of my favorite books of all time, Outbound Sales, No Fluff. He's somebody that's greatly impacted my career uh, through the content that he's produced, the, the effort that he puts into the community, uh, the sales community as a whole, um, and then personally uh, allowing me to join his team here at the Sales Developers. So for all those reasons, I'm super fired up. And before we actually started this, we also jammed out to Kesha. So I'm exceptionally excited to start the episode. Ryan, thanks so much for coming to hang out. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I, uh, I'm super fired up to be a guest. Uh, you know, I've known you for quite some time now. I feel like, uh, just I don't even remotely. Know. I don't even know how long, like three years. I, I maybe? Yeah. Something like that. And, uh, the relationship continues to build on itself and, you know, appreciate you bringing me here, but also I just want to let the audience know that James is the real deal. This guy's absolutely crushing it for our company. Um, came in, you know, we like to say we have our stuff together. We're, we're just like every other company figuring things out. And, and James is really, really stepping up the plate and helping us uh, take it to the next level. So I'm um, fired up for this conversation today. 
Yeah, dude. So let's not waste any more time because we did spend a considerable amount of time jamming out to Kesha, um, which I'm going to have to include in some sort of blooper reel or something uh, because that was too good to not watch over and over again. Um, Should we just jam out at the end? Because I'll just yeah, yeah, just cue it up, have it ready. Yep, yeah, that's how we'll end it. Um, So let's just dive into it, Ryan. You've done a lot of different things in your sales career, but how did you get started in sales? Uh, so so it's funny. I've answered this question a lot because I'm not well. I'm like everyone else, and you you talk about this on this your episodes all the time. Sales is not a traditional path, which is something we're trying to help. And John, John Barrows is actually in that path. I have, I have a couple copies of his book now, you know, for the youngins for, yeah. you know, you know, getting sales indoctrinated as a career path that people are actually excited about, but it wasn't something I ever thought about growing up. Um, you know, my parents are janitors. My brother and sister are felons. I, I wasn't supposed to be where I am today. Uh, and somehow through who I am structured it on, on my DNA front. Like I've been involved in everything anyone will like allow me to try. I'll try it. So it's sports. And uh, you know, I was a bass player. I was like a blue ribbon bass player in, in high school. Like I played the string bass, you know, like blues <laughs> string bass with the, like, and then, yeah. you know, like Mozart string bass. Right. Uh, I was in the ROTC. I was a ASB. I was, I was, I was a three sport varsity athlete. I did every, I've done everything. Right. All of that somehow got me out of my situation to to college i had a math scholarship believe it or not i i uh, I don't speak well but i had a math scholarship to washington state university um i was a multiple scholar i was a a ta for my freshman year which many folks don't do that uh and uh graduated one of the top folks in my class in math i wanted to be a math teacher wanted to be a coach and somehow got into sales um and, and i think i think the, the reason why I was like, it was kind of like uh, luck, right? The preparation meets opportunity of uh, preparation in this case was like learning how to solve big, big ass problems, math, um, and like all of the other stuff I've gone through in my life. Um, and then opportunity recession, the, the world was burning in 2008. And when I went back to my, my hometown, which is one of the poorest zip codes in the state of Washington to be a teacher, I saw that uh, from graduating college where I was away for four years, kind of stuck in a, this, this la-la land with a lot of uh, privileged individuals. Um, and I got back to home where I was like, holy shit, most of my friends are in jail or on drugs. And you know, when they want to go out to bars and fight every night, like this isn't going to work well for being a teacher. I, uh, I was like, this isn't for me. And, and somehow while everything was burning with the, you know, the, the recession, uh, I, I, couple friends from college were in San Francisco saying it was so awesome. So I was like, let me go figure that out. So I went down there, uh, you know, flew down over a weekend, uh, was like, holy, holy cow. Like there's literally a Ferrari on the street that was parked on the street. I was like, this is not real. There's Porsches driving around. Like, uh, what in my town was like a hunt, a Honda civic was like the cool thing, right? Fast and <laughs> Honda civic. And I was like, I need to be here. I think this is where I need to be. So literally, I just went from, I just went to college, I was going to be a teacher, I was going to help a lot of people to, I'm going to go to San Francisco and I guess like find a job, you know, and, and so sales jobs were still available even when the recession was kind of in its peak and, and I stumbled into it, man, I, I stumbled into it. I did do some telemarketing in high school, all those other things I was dabbling in, so I thought, so I thought I'd be good with it, you know, I thought I'd be good at it. I'd yeah, always, there was a little bit of something from your past. Yeah, I did that, but that's how I stumbled into it, man. That's how I got yeah, 
Yeah, it's super interesting because over the course of talking and asking that question, it's the same kind of thing. Hey, I just, I never planned on it. I just stumbled into it. But what I've found is that the characteristics that allow people to have success in sales and enjoy being you know, uh, in sales have existed their entire lives. And they just were coming out in different ways, right? Your willingness to try anything and just do something and just move and just go. You had that your entire life. And, and <clears throat> tracing it back to uh, your motivations for it, obviously some, so you were looking for like, okay, I got to keep myself busy, right? I got to make sure that I'm doing as much shit as possible because idle time around here is dangerous. And I, I mean, completely relate. I, uh, and, and it's one of those things where you um, grow up with people and your kids together, and then you go to middle school together and shit gets a little crazy in middle school. And you're kind of like, whoa, we're going through some cool stuff. And then you, know, you get to high school and that's when you, people start, you know, the, the people start separating themselves out. And, and I had friends that spent six years in jail right out of high school and um, multiple felons and, and just, somehow made it through without anything on me to be able to kind of move forward. And, and, and I think one of my biggest pitfalls was not having that mindset of like, yo, I need to like try, be willing to just go and do something and try anything. And it, it for me, it really wasn't until, you know, the rubber hit the road and I had a kid and I was like, whoa, all right, can't fuck around anymore you know, I had some plans to do that for a couple of more years here, but you know, and, and so it's funny how life puts you in these situations and you kind of reach that similar point. You move back and you're like, mm, nope, not going to work. I gotta, I gotta do something else. This is just not gonna go how it needs to go. And so you, you made the move, you get into sales what what were your first sales jobs, right? What was your introduction into the sales profession and how did how did that carry you through, you know, the the things you've done that that really now you're at a place where you're you've built a company that's advocating for the profession of sales. You know, you haven't you haven't just stayed in sales. <laughs> you know, you've you've <laughs> you've gone all the way in. So so how did how, what's what's that journey look like? from beginning like I said I like to I like to dabble when I find I go deep right yeah 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 <laughs> build a niche uh so so I I so so when I moved to San Francisco uh after that Ferrari you know uh the Porsche aha moment I was like mm -hmm. wow I need to be here um I landed a job at a company after doing I I, I swear I was in about 50 interviews I got about to like five final rounds where I was back for like multiple times and there, and, 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 and everyone's like, we really love you, but like your background in math and like, we got somebody else that has a little more experience, right? Mm -hmm. A little more experience, which, which, are, which this is going to, we'll fast forward this later in the story, but like this experience thing is what sparked my last business and kind of where I advocate on this stuff. But so I, I lost a lot of opportunities, but I finally landed a job at this uh this company and it was kind of freaky to be honest it was in 101 cal in san francisco and if anyone knows the bay area this is like the before benioff put his 
you know, <laughs> I don't want to curse on this, but his, 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 his statement in the city, <laughs> yeah. this is one of the more premier buildings. It was one one cows, this big, beautiful glass building that has like these, you know, things. And I had this interview it was like on the 51st floor of this building and I get there and it was, it was like an 8 a.m. interview. Uh, it, I was there literally until about 6 p.m. at night because I was talking to every single person on the team because they were so impressed with me, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, 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 I landed this job with a company called Rex & Co. So Rex & Co. was providing this really innovative uh, home financing product. Again, this was 2008, mm -hmm. right? And it was backed Part by AIG. Yeah, it was it was backed by AIG, a fifty million dollar fund, and they were crushing it. Right there was there was there's reps on the team that were like there's like this scoreboard which you see in a lot of sales pits, right? The scoreboard like mm -hmm. you know where it's like where's everybody at? And there's there's these reps that are like banking twenty thirty k a month in commissions. It's kind of like boiler room if you're in, yeah. in New York, like here, and you know it's like this nice little pit. Everyone was excited, and I was like, wow, I'm so fired up for this. Um, I got that job. I was there for eight weeks. And then the government pulled the funding on, uh, on AIG, right? If you remember that, like, yeah, like yeah. AIG, they were going, you know, and the government pulled the funding on everything. So that was one of us. We got our entire team was laid off overnight, hmm. but I was crushing it in those eight weeks. Like I, I figured it out. Like I had the telemarketing background and, um, so it was, it was pretty simple. Like leads are loaded up and this is, you know, what we call now inbound where people like they did these flyers and all this yeah. sort of stuff people would respond and you're just calling and qualifying them but um i was like i was like 200 percent of quota in eight weeks i was i was making a bunch of money and we got laid off what took me about three months and 50 interviews and five no's before once i had experience now where i had a reference and a referral and like quota and i knew salesforce because we use salesforce and all this stuff i had three offers in the heart of the recession in one week and that's when I fell in love with sales. That's when I fell in love with sales because I was, I was like, wow, I think I have a skill set. And Mark Cuban talks about this, right? Like if you can sell, like you'll never have to worry about anything. Right. And I, I literally just got a text from one of our previous customers. Uh, who's, I love this guy. I won't, I won't name him just in case he would be embarrassed about this, but he's texting about like, since we connected earlier uh last year to now he's like dude i'm getting so much better at sales it's helping him personally and professionally and he's like once you can sell like the world's your oyster mm. and that's 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 how i got started man that was my first role um and 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 somehow i lucked into and i and i continue to say luck and i'll say this a lot of times because preparation means opportunity preparation means opportunity we're talking about this right recently right mm -hmm. um and i lucked into the uh uh pay-per-click advertising company that nobody's heard about it was a french-based company and I was like, dude, no one, no one does that stuff. I mean, I was a college kid. And um, when I saw ads like that, I was like, that's spam. It's no good. But it was like a $15 billion market already with Google. Now it's like, you know, 60, Sky 80 rust. billion or whatever. Yeah. This is the kind of start of that. And I lucked into this company, eSearch e Vision back then. Now it's ESD Digital. And we were competing against um, very well-funded companies. We're a bootstrap company out of France, but we had some good logos to land. And, and uh, that's kind of where I started to cut my teeth and learning all the fundamentals I have today mm -hmm. uh, in, in the recession, but target message channel timing and really trying to figure that equation out. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I, <clears throat> that was an interesting time. I mean, I graduated college in 2008 as well. And the only job I could get was a sales job, which is why I took it. And 
when you but when you lose your job and can find another one or you decide I want to try and find another job and maybe make some more money and you find that it's not that hard once you've got some experience under your belt right and uh yeah I mean no wonder right for for um especially with kind of your natural mindset like all right well starting something new and trying something new isn't really an issue right so if uh this company goes to shit tomorrow i'll just put out some uh resumes and have a couple of interviews and i'll be doing something completely different next week but i'll figure that shit out and crush that shit too <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean yeah <laughs> i mean and 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 maybe that maybe that's maybe that's a good thing maybe it's a bad thing but and I think our generation, especially we get, we get, we get pounded about this, right? It's like mm-hmm. job hoppers, yada, yada, yada. But like in our time frame, companies have never really, really committed to us. Like they used to, you don't get a gold watch when you retire anymore. You don't have to 25 years. Yeah. No one does that anymore. And, and you, it's funny because you see, um, you see the uh, like status, the, the data around like oh, tenure of professionals, et cetera, et cetera. And, th- and they try to come up with these, like uh, these reasons for it. But to be honest, it's just, it's just a landscape of, of look like opportunity today is, is much greater than it was before. And we're coming out of this, this time. And, and if uh, you know, the economists are correct, we might be going back, back down, which is only going to uh, be good for me. Cause I, I was able to, have success in, in the bad times but um when the opportunity presents itself you have to be able to take advantage of that and um you know the company that you're working for if they're not going to uh be on your back and really present the opportunity and, and do the things that they say they're going to do well then you're going to find a new opportunity and 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 i think a lot of people get a bad rap for that but to be honest like if you look at the startup landscape and the like like tens, hundreds of thousands of startups, right? Just looking at like the sales acceleration landscape that's in and of itself and it's blown yeah. up over time. The marketing tech landscape that I was deal with in my, in, in my growth over 10 years, it went from like 500 companies to 5,000 companies, right? Like what do you expect is going to happen in that environment in terms of talent and opportunity, et cetera, yeah. in an in, in a, in emerging market, right? So you, you create this skill set and there's there's opportunity and it's only going to evolve and who's on the cutting edge of that and you know that's going to happen so um yeah it's really really interesting but once you have that skill set and you have what it takes to be successful you can produce revenue mm-hmm. for an organization i mean that's that's a that's that's a skill everyone should have yeah, i don't care a, if you want to be a salesperson but everyone should have that opportunity and in, in, in their in their tool bag right yeah in their tool bag super powerful and it's almost like a really great safety blanket right just a good security blanket like hey everything else goes down i can pick up the phone and make something happen that's and and that's valuable to somebody somewhere um even if it's for myself and so uh, you you have this mindset and it's kind of built off of all of your different experiences and and i know you've done a lot of different things but eventually you make your shift into leadership, right? VP of sales roles. Um, and then at what point did you decide, okay, I'm leadership, VP of sales, worked my way up, done all that work. Now I'm going to go and start my own company, right? Because that's- Well, uh, well the, the, the funny thing there is, um, 
I, I've been an entrepreneur now for three companies, right? Uh, you might know, might not know one of them uh, if, if you're looking back on this, but at eSearch Vision, the company that I got, I lucked into the pay-per-click company. Yep. Um, I worked my way up through to be the head of sales, the director of sales. I wasn't a VP there, but uh, director of sales. And um, we were doing some great work. Um, I was under the leadership of Mark Wendling, who's now the VP of corporate sales at Snowflake, one of the yeah. like, probably most successful companies of all time in our, our generation now in terms of growth, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so I learned from him um, and I left and I started a recruiting firm. That was my first path to entrepreneurship. This was 2010. Um, huh. And I, co- I co-founded a recruiting firm in San Francisco um, with, uh, with actually the head of sales at Rex and Co, which is that first company. Yeah. Cause we were, we were still good buddies. Um, we played poker like weekly with this group of buddies. It was, it was really fun times while no one had money cause of the recession and everyone was worried about the future. We yeah. would go and steal each other's money, um, with like, um, you know, made up chips with like, like it was old. It's like one of those poster boards with like peppermint patties as like chips in some of the games we'd play. Cause we were just like, you know, trying to keep ourselves entertained on the, on the nightly basis. So, um, we were good friends. I was, I was doing well at Eastridge Vision. He was, uh, after Rex and Co doing some Salesforce consulting. He's like a Salesforce force guru process guru, which is where I get some of my chops. Um, and, uh, he's like, he, he, he had a building with, uh, uh, he had shared, shared building space with a, a recruiter and she was like banking these 15, $20,000 checks, like consistently. And he's like, what the hell? That's insane. And he looked at what she was doing. There was like no CRM, no process. And he's like, Hey Ryan, like we went out to lunch one day and he's like, Hey Ryan, with like your hustle and my CRM, like op stuff, we could like build something great here. Let's do this, especially with like the churning environment, more capital coming in. So, so we launched the lions in 2010, which is still one of the top recruiting firms in San Francisco. Um, uh, on that, on that thesis. And what we did there was at that time, um, and still, still, still kind of standard where about 20% of your base salary is the recruiting fee. That's kind of how things work as contingency. Yep. Uh, we actually launched with this new unique model where we said, Hey, look, we won't take 20% of your base. We're going to, we're going to charge three and a half percent, but we're going to take that for as long as you're at that company. Mm, got it. So, so our, our goal was like mutual align and like, Hey, it's cheap now. If they, if they perform, they're good. And these are, and it's only sales, right? So if they're selling, it's great, but we're going to keep making more money because they're going to make more money. Right. So that was, that was our model at launching. It was really, really successful. We, we, uh, I was the head of sales business development. Matt, uh, Matt was doing the, um, up stuff and CEO stuff. Right. So I was just selling and, and we got into box and Dropbox and trusty and like the who's who's of the Silicon Valley. Yeah. That's, that, that's really what launched my career by the way. Cause now most of the sales leaders today, I mean, if they're listening to this podcast, a lot of them, I help them get their first sales job through yeah. my recruiting firm. That's, that's how, that's how I started to really, really accelerate what I do today. Yeah. It sounds like it. it, And again, kind of born out of your own experience and like the idea that you're really just honing in on, on that. One of the best parts about sales, right. Is, is, is that um, a, no matter if it's a recession or the economy's booming or it's on the way back or whatever state it's in, you need people selling things. And the, 
experience you've had and I, you know, so many other people have trying to get that first gig, trying to, to, to break into something and getting a bunch of no's because, you know, and that seems so silly because like you majored in math, you're a great problem solver, right? A, a smart, smart leaders would be able to kind of maybe pull that out. But, um, I just think that there's broken processes. So you said, I'm just going to, I'm just going to insert myself right into it and just be able to control it and, and, and influence it. Right. And instead of trying to abide by it or go with the flow or however you want to put it, you said, Nope, nah, there's an opening and I'm going to go in here and we're going to do it in a way that empowers people, puts the right amount of value on salespeople and and then you know obviously it does things for you to be able to go on having kind of touched all of these different salespeople and i mean obviously i have to imagine you learn the value of networking and having a network and being known and all of those things which god i mean um i spent a long time uh in my sales career not networking at all or really even knowing anybody else that did what I was doing and it sucked it was like out on an island searching for answers through books and online videos and shit but when you actually start interacting with other salespeople and can be a part of a community and help build something you know it's powerful stuff so um you start the recruiting firm that kind of launches the next phase of your career. And then you get to a point a couple of years ago, which is when you popped up on my radar really with the book, writing the book. So I know there's a ton of stuff that happens, you know, between then and now, and we could probably talk for two hours on this, but um, I'm selfishly interested in how this came about and, and, and how, uh, what I would consider the most actionable sales book of all time. How, where did the That's idea- That's awesome. I love I mean, to hear that. For real. I love to hear that. I, me and you were talking the other day about Reddit and how we enjoy getting on there and talking and, um, because it's just so different. It's so different than LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, everybody's super positive and nice. And I'll put the same post on LinkedIn and then copy and paste it on uh, Reddit. And the first comment on Reddit is you probably suck at sales, bro. <laughs> and the first comment on LinkedIn is like, James, you're a fucking God. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey. Thank you yeah, so yeah. much for this awesome insight. You know? <laughs> That's so awesome. The real, the actual real thing that they said, uh, it was way better than that. <laughs> so I put a, <laughs> I copied a post that I put on LinkedIn and put it on the sales forum and read it. And the first person that commented says, who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> well, not like, you. Your post, your post reads like a MySpace bio or some shit or a Zanga, <laughs> um, a Zanga entry. Uh, it made me laugh. But, um, <laughs> you know, anytime, uh, just a couple of days ago, somebody was like, hey, I'm trying to build an outbound sales methodology. And where do I start? It's, it's, the first time that I've been able to recommend a book and actually know that they'll probably feel a little bit better about what the heck they're going to do after they read it, because <clears throat> that's the experience that I had. It was, it made things clear. 
I was in a position where I was, things were kind of in place. We kind of had a process, but it needed to be fixed. And it, everybody knew it needed to be fixed, but nobody really knew how. And I knew that if I could figure it out and influence it, it would be great for me and my career, you know? And so it was instrumental. Uh, it's right here. Boom. There you I go. have it with me all the time. And uh, so how did this come about? Yeah, I mean, uh, the funny thing is, uh, and there's one of, there, there's a guy that I actually, he's one of my, my, my good buddies. We, we kind of fell out of touch, but we still text a lot now. Yeah, I don't know if y'all ever listened to this episode, but uh, Thomas, Thomas Quinlan, uh, he was at Rex and Co. He went, once I went to ESV, I recruited him to ESV. When I started my, my recruiting firm, I recruited him to the Lions. When I went back to ESV, because I got recruited back to there to be the manager director, I recruited him over. And I had this whole, like, probably, like, five-year stint with Thomas. He was, like, one of my closest buddies. Um, when I was doing what I was doing, I, I was so methodical. Because I think it's my math, my math brain and, and how I just kind of think about things around, like, there's, a, there's always a, a heuristic or an equation or a, a – there's, there's something we're trying to solve for. And there's, there's a, there's inputs that produce outputs. That's just how my fucking brain works. Right. Mm -hmm. That's yep. how it works. Like I would say inputs, outputs, inputs, outputs. And then I'm always looking at hacking that. And Thomas back then was like, at some, uh, he said this. And when I wrote the book, he's like, I, I knew you're going to do this at some point. Right. Uh, with, 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 with Rex, but he's like, he's like, you're going to write a book someday. Cause like I have the ability to take something that a lot of people see very, very complex and try to simplify it. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, so that happened even way back in the day, you know, when I was still at ESV and then I, I had a couple stances, head of sales, had some success. They've all been exited, you know, Inc. 5,000, you know, I got acquired by a unicorn, et cetera. Then I started the boot camp. Um, so, so I created a 90 day program, which by the way, has impacted thousands of reps. They still reach out today. It's still me online. And when I was doing that, I realized that that online content that I've produced, um, it's helpful for the reps, but, but, but companies and individuals and all these other people need a, a handbook. Right. So, um, I did a, I did a, um, a panel discussion in San Francisco, uh, on like outbound with purpose. That was the name of the, 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 the concept. And yeah. when I did that panel discussion and, and I was, I was like a last minute, um, stand in for Dan, uh, from winning by design. And this guy's like, these guys are like fucking gurus. And yeah. I was really, really excited about that. But I like, like within 48 hours, I had to produce this thing. <laughs> and when I pr put this thing together, I felt like, holy shit, like this content, this is probably a book. Like this is, this is what everyone sh should need. And then, and then serendipitously, uh, Rex, um, who we connected via social, just like you and I, James, yep. um, never met before. By the way, we started this company without ever even meeting each other. We've, we've, uh, we, 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 uh, uh, we connected, he was doing some other stuff and he was really excited about the bootcamp stuff. And, and he wrote an article and I think it was on sales hacker about like the quality and quantity and also their bullshit that people talk about. I just did a funny post recently, literally last night, like kind of calling out some people that like to talk about their, guarantees and i'm the best and blah blah, blah so and so and so forth and, and rex is rex is like way he wrote that article it's like dude like you're a great writer i'm a math guy but i get it let's let's combine i have an idea let's write a book and um 
And that's what we did. Like we, we came together. It's like, that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. And literally within 34 days, Rex and I said, let's write a book. We drafted it. We had all sorts of feedback. We actually wrote two different books because the, the first version is not what you see and outbound out the fluff. We had, we had feedback from, you know, um, Kyle Porter from sales Loft. Like he literally gave us great feedback, which really influenced the book. That's why he's mentioned in, in yeah. the feedback and Corey Bray at, at closed loop. And they've wrote a bunch of great books and uh, all this great feedback. Um, so we rewrote that publish it. And the whole intention of that book was like, let me take what I have. Let's synthesize it. And if I can give this to somebody and if they don't know what the hell they're doing, like I never knew what I was doing and they can go, they can fast forward themselves about 90 days from in, 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 in one day, they can go 90 days ahead. Well, all of a sudden that 90 day improvement gets them about two or three years ahead in their career. And all of a sudden they're off on, on a rocket ship career. And that's what I'm all about, man. I want to up level the perception and profession of sales. And that book is what, what it's all about. And I know it's simple and some people, some haters are all about like, it's too quick. It should be a fucking web book or ebook or whatever, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Do it, read it, synthesize it. It's cheap as fuck. If you don't want to pay for it, I'll refund you, but read it. It's a good book. Yeah. It's like five bucks on Amazon. (laughs) It's, it's, by the way, by the way, the price, we don't make any money on this book. How could you? It's price. (laughs) It's priced as low as you can through the through the channel so that we can just get it in front of everybody. Yeah. yeah and if no. anyone wants a copy, I, I, like, and you don't want to pay for it, like, we'll send you copies. Like, yeah, I'll send you one. Ryan will send you one. Somebody will yeah. send you one because it's yeah. it's it's valuable. And <clears throat> I think again speaks to the way you've always naturally been. Whoop! I want to write a book. Cool. This is some stuff that seems to be worthy of a book. And it's funny to see how it progresses as you get older because you had enough self-awareness at this point having gone through a lot of different roles and all these different experiences to say I know what I'm really good at but I know what I'm not good at and let me go find somebody who is good at that right and so that's that's the 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 fun part about getting older is like you start becoming smarter and you start putting pieces together in better ways and and it ends up being really uh you know exactly what you guys wanted it to be right like just straightforward here's a way to get started and i think a powerful thing is not only does it cut out a 90 day figuring out what the heck to do period but it also sustains it's because it's a process that it just goes forever and ever it's just infinite you always run the buckets and it's always there and there's never um because when I think about my time as a salesperson, sure, there were quarters where I was super organized and felt like I had a good little system and had my process figured out, but then something changed. We changed strategies or we changed verticals or something goes different. And then I'm right back to not knowing what the heck to do because my process wasn't all that good in the first place. And it wasn't the same across the board. There were too many tribal knowledge stuff going on or whatever it is. Um, and, and that's the real value. It's the longevity of that type of process. Um, and so I think safe to say it's done what you wanted it to do because it's, it's, um, at least for me, (laughs) (laughs) I can only speak for myself. You know, I'm happy that it's influencing you. Uh, I, uh, 
I do believe that, I mean, it, I mean, it became a Amazon bestseller, which is awesome. It's still, it's still a top five seller up. I mean, it's up there with Trish Bertuzzi, you know, yeah. the, uh, like the, I don't, I don't want to call her the godmother, but like no. the godmother, yeah. the, 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 the godfather equivalent, you know, the, you know, of, of sales development. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it, it competes with predictable revenue, the godfather of sales <laughs> development it competes yeah. with uh, fanatical prospecting. And it's pretty insane. Like, um, there's a, there's a, um, I don't, I don't know if uh, people know about bro- book authority, apparently like Warren Buffett and they, they rank these books there. It's like, it's literally ranked as one of the top sales books of all times. And which is insane, <laughs> insane to me because I don't even, again, I don't know. I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm a student of sales, right? I'm yeah. just trying to figure this shit out. Yeah. But I think, I think, I think we've created a very simple programmatic approach to the top of funnel. Mm-hmm. that hasn't been created before it's stage definition exit criteria just like you would have once you you and i are sitting across the table from one another and if you follow it it works it's very complicated once you get into the weeds but it's simple to understand and that's what i think uh people are attracted to um yeah. one of the things that's a challenge now is like all the technologies that, that that like try to dictate people's ability to get that thing done and we, we even struggle with this today with what we do at the sales developers right yeah like yeah. People get too confused around our process, which is tried and true, and we know it, versus the technology. And sometimes, um, you know, some people try to use the technology uh, as an excuse to to um, handicap the process, and that's not a good thing. Like the process always is number one, right? Process produces results, period. And so that's I don't know. I'm excited. Thank you, thank you for bringing that up. But um, you know, I'm I'm hoping it continues to impact. Uh, a lot of folks. I mean, we're really excited. I was able to do some networking and it's at the University of Nebraska. It's at the University oh, of New no. Hampshire. It's at a couple other sales universities now where we're just sending books. Uh, those students going through their sales systems now are now exposed to the, um, the process. So buckets, buckets will be a thing. I hope, <laughs> I hope into the future. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I can tell you it's, it's, um, my experience here running it and also teaching it has been awesome because it, you know, we're working with folks that have maybe had a few months on the phone, but they've definitely never tried to figure out a whole sales process and understand how this whole entire thing works. And to be able to introduce somebody to it for the first time, and that's just the way that they know, whew, so much easier because when you're, like I was eight, nine years into your sales career, when you find something like this, you got to unlearn a lot of stuff because you get, it just gets overcomplicated in your head and you start thinking, wait, no, I need way more lead statuses than this. Yes. No, not me. Not now is not okay. You know, you start freaking out when in reality, yeah, you can run it that way. And it does get more complicated the further down you get, but there it's, it's just such a great starting point. And, and, it again plays into your overall mission of hey this is a profession that and and this is the way that i see it coming from where i've come from and kind of the things that i feel like i dodged like whoo i really got lucky with this one right so i want to make sure that more people know about it and and people that are doing it feel empowered and good about what they're doing and so i think that that really plays into what your you and rex started with the sales developers what we continue to do and we could probably talk for another 30 minutes about 
what we're doing at the sales developers. But the one thing that I wanted to touch on um, is the culture that you've created that exists at the sales developers where being active on social media, like this is the first time in my employ in my employment contract that like being active on social media is a part of what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> Don't state that. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I mean, but it's, it's, um, in all seriousness, <laughs> the, the, uh, recognition of the power of that and the empowerment to say, Hey, like, keep going, just keep doing it. We're not going to tell you what to say. We trust you. We know, you know, you have our best interest. You have your, you know, there's an understanding, obviously, like, you know, let's not go on there and go crazy, but um, there's definitely like, it's just so different. And the reason it's on my mind is because I've had several conversations with people over the last week that have reached out to me on LinkedIn about being active on LinkedIn and producing content. And I tried to start doing it. And then I got called into the office because my boss said I shouldn't be talking on competitors posts or I shouldn't be doing this or they don't want me saying this. And it's just so different here. And it's resulted in things like us being kind of collectively mentioned as a company who has personal branding and branding figured out, which I don't think that's a thing, but that's, I mean, we are, the fact is we are comprised of people who already had a personal brand, actively have a personal brand that kind of all melds in with the company's brand and it's all encouraged. And we have a channel in Slack called social promotion, right? I mean, it's just, it's a part of the culture. So, um, do you think it was that just like a no brainer for you guys when you, when, when this thing started because of how it started almost? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Rex and I, Rex and I met on social, right? Like he has his brand. I have my brand. Our book was successful because of our combined brands. Um, yep. yep. And you know, Rex has done an incredible job building his own personal brand. He's a great writer. He's like, I mean, any, anyone who's worked their nut that wants to know about sales and wants a great writer should get Rex on their feed, right? Like sales hacker did that in the past. I don't know why he doesn't do more of it these days, but I mean, the guy's, the guy's phenomenal, right? So he's been built his brand that way. I, I feel like my, I, it's weird. Cause, cause my brand is weird in the market, I think. Cause I'm just weird. Right? Like I, I don't, I don't well, first of all, I just go, I just go, that's who I am, right? I just go yeah. a fucking screen share. It doesn't matter. I don't even care if my volumes, I don't care. I just post and pe- like, sometimes I post things and people are like no volume. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. That's what's on my mind right now. Right. Like, that was, what's on my mind. Sorry. You missed it. Here's the, here's the spreadsheet no subtitles. I, when I was thinking about it. Right. That's how I am. Right. I just go, I go, I go, I go. Um, and so, so our culture is built around that obviously because that's the future man like the digital sales movement is all about ensuring that like as a company service we're here to let's go take this from all state i think it's all state maybe it's all state or something we know a thing or two because we've done a thing or two and we just want to share that shit man and and the fact like your your podcast i'm i'm so i'm so thank you for bringing me on here, man. I'm, I'm really humbled. 
by the way, thank you um, for, for letting me be a guest. Of course. Um, like, like, you know, things like what you're doing and, and others have done around just trying to like do this stuff. Like, of course I'm going to encourage that. Why the, why the hell would you not? And, and, and by the way, I'm, I'm kind of a crazy CEO where <laughs> I'm, I'm unfiltered. No one's going to filter me. Yeah. And at some point when I get filtered, I, I might not be here anymore. Right? That's just, <laughs> that's just me. Like yeah. and everyone knows that that's just, yeah. That's just who I am. I, it's your personal brand. <laughs> that's, that's who I am. I just go, right? Yeah, so so I yeah. want that. And so, I mean, I think the answer to that question is like, I mean, if anyone wants to join us, let's go. Like, let's do <laughs> yeah. this. Let's, let's yeah. go change the movement and, and reach out to James, by the way, because he's the <laughs> movement uh, on, on the forefront. Like, we need a lot of people who want to do this thing, but you have to be able to pick up the phone and interrupt mm. people's days and, and, and make stuff happen. That's it. Yeah, well, and the the um you know we're not just on linkedin all day right it's not just us oh, making no. linkedin posts um quite well the that's opposite. funny that oh, let me talk about that for a second which is funny because literally we can do more activities while also engaging on social than most companies do in an entire day yeah in an hour yep so just for the record just to make it very clear how many dials do you yep. make every day Yep. So just today, just today, today's I'm, I, I, I've got all the other callers on the phones. They're good. We're covered. Uh, I'll do 250 today. Um, and it's 253 for me right now. We've just spent 45 minutes on the phone. I had all morning to meet with the teams, meet with the callers, fix reporting, all that stuff. I'll get home. Uh, I'll be able to go pick up my little boy here in a little bit. And then I'll get home and from 4.30 to 5.30, the best time to call when people are leaving the office and all that great stuff, I'm going to get through 250 dials in an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Just about. And I'm going to do the same thing, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. The same thing. <laughs> I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah. 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 That's what it's like. 500 plus while leading a company, while being leaders in the company imagine that and doing a podcast for 45 minutes 54 minutes right now oh, we're a little bit over I yeah apologize. that's fine well we jammed out to kesha which reminds me go Hold ahead on. and cue it up because we're getting close to having to end it here i'm i want to make sure that i say thank you for coming on the show yeah um and people know how to find you on linkedin find you on linkedin you're you're there they can connect with you um and with that i'm gonna go ahead and end episode 48 with ryan reisert of the lunch break podcast and i'll let ryan dj ryan take us out